Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book with added alcohol and cynicism. So grab a beverage and settle down for this episode. Today we are reading chapters 9 and 10 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We hope you enjoy. I hope you don't. everyone and welcome to Goblet of Wine podcast. Yes, we are back. We are. We've and done this the other way around. I normally say the first line and I've been thrown off by Charlie saying it. Wow, you're just so, she's like, oh my god, I'm I, I'm not the first person. I'm not. No, I'm very self, self-absorbed. self You are. Um, I just thought that I would steal your thunder. Do you want to do alcohol or thank yous first, Charlie? I, I want to explain my voice. Oh, yes, please do. You sexy sexy horse man <laughs> it's uh, my sexy phlegm uh yeah so if you don't follow us on social media you will have seen i lost my voice um however i'm going to america in two weeks so and we can't record before then and then i'm gone for two weeks so if we don't record today there would be no recording for another four weeks and it's already been three weeks yeah it's been a long time and we would also run out of batch recordings which to this point we've never done and that scares me a bit if we ever did exactly so basically we have to record today so you're all gonna have to enjoy my sexy sexy phlegm luckily i was better than i was yesterday when i literally couldn't speak so the weird thing is i think with her voice uh, we've listened to some test audios and she sounds a bit like we already sound super similar we know you guys sometimes can't tell the difference between us but I think Charlie with her sore throat sounds a little bit like more even more like me. Yes. Yes, I do. Like it's it's, a bit weird. it's really concerning. But I think we're gonna do some video recording as well tonight, so hopefully we can be like, this is Charlie speaking, yes. this is Hannah speaking. This is who is who. Exactly. Right, so um let's jump in with some thank yous, because we have quite a lot to get through. We do, which is amazing. It is. So first off, we have three new patrons to thank. thank. We couldn't believe it. Like, we had three new patrons all coming at once. Like, yeah. It was insane. So Absolutely the, insane. So the first two, are a very big thank you to David and Kevin, both of whom became patrons and now have access to all the bonus content we have up there. And we hope you're finding it somewhat funny. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It means so much to us. It really does. And then an extra big, massive thank you to Nina, who is our second ever um, producer level patron. Uh, That means that she chose the alcohol for this week's episode. As you guys may or may not know, if you become a producer level patron, you get to choose the alcohol we drink in one episode. Nina messages saying uh, saying to us that she wanted us to drink something unicorn themed. In her words, anything pink and sparkly. Mm-hmm. So we we hunted, and Charlie, what did we find? Read out the entire name for we me. We found. <laughs> so it is distilled with love in Cheshire from the UK. Yes. It's three pugs candy floss flavored gin liquor. So on the front, and we will tweet. Uh, picture it says rise of the unicorn pugs and it's got a load of pugs with little like unicorn horns it's adorable yeah we hope this is unicorny enough for you nina <laughs> yes um so it's 20 percent and it's pink and it is so ridiculously sparkly we will have it all over social media yeah it's so pretty. Um, because it's super super cool um and then there is actually 
um, because it's from like a small distillery. Yeah. There's like actually like a batch number on it. So this is batch number five and it's bottled 237. So this is so super cute. cute. Yeah. And I never would have thought to order like some like small independent. It's so nice to support small, like we're all about supporting small, especially Ooh. British brands. Cause you know, uh, I, no, that sounded like I care more about British brands, but you know, living where we do, it is really important to support small brands. So it's so nice. This ended up happening actually. Hannah, smell this because I caught a whiff. That is insane. Oh it my God, smells I'm like it smells like candy floss, like exactly like. Okay. And I have a cold. Cheers. I'm Cheers. so excited for this. We haven't tried it yet. Good. Okay. Wow. Because we're drinking this straight so far because it's a liquor. It's twenty percent, so we haven't mixed it yet. Whereas we'd always mix a forty percent um, spirit, so we haven't mixed this because it's twenty percent, and it is extremely drinkable. Straight. What do you think, Charlie? It's got a very strong aftertaste of candy floss. The first taste isn't, I don't think. The first taste is really grassy. grassy. Do you get that? Maybe I spent a lot of time eating grass as a child, but... No, I get a hit of sugar, a hit of gin, and then it turns into candy floss for me. It might be my taste buds. <laughs> because obviously I have a cold. Okay, you can mix yours with a bit of... I might water mine down with a little bit of lemonade just mm. to... I think it would be nice with lemonade. Like, it's already nice. Yeah, I'm not going to make a full, it's like... It's very sugary, but, like, a bit of lemonade yeah. definitely would be very nice. Okay, I might make some half and half yeah. lemonade in the liquor, but that is delicious. Thank it's you. It's really, Nina. really That's, nice. And also great choice to just go for a unicorn thing. I love the creativity. I love that, it. yeah. It's like so many people would be like, this exact dial alcohol. Yeah. So we have even more thank yous. So we do. So in between the two last recordings, we have discovered, to our horror that iTunes only shows the reviews from the people that review your podcast in your own country. Yeah, so we're really, really sorry if we've been shouting out reviews and you've been like, I left a review and they haven't mentioned me. It's because we couldn't see you. Yeah, and bear in mind, like, the UK makes up about 20% of our audience and the rest of it is around the world. We've been missing yep. a lot of reviews, as you're about to find out. We have. So, we're going to go through this quickly. I'm sorry, we'll spend more time when we don't have a load to catch up on. Susie310891, thank you very much. Al Sodi, thank you very much. Ray the Nerd, good name, thanks for your review. Sandy24601, thank you so much for your review. The, someone who named themselves Goblet of Fun, great name. Love it. Great review, thank you. And The Real NLH, thank you so much. And lastly, Ye. <laughs> thank you so much thank you thank you all so much for your reviews you're very kind we've now discovered how we can find your reviews bearing yeah. in mind itunes only let us see only lets us see british reviews so thank you for all those yeah. reviews from around the world and if you want your very own shout out don't forget to go and leave us a review even if you're international we know that you exist now yeah we can find you now anyway that's enough of all of that let's get into the episode charlie woo, 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 woo. yeah so chapter nine i'm sorry i have to do this the writing's on the wall charlie's looking at me like she hates me what is that from isn't that one of the james bond songs the latest one uh sam smith oh. did it um yeah is it, it literally might called the writings on the wall or I will look uh, it up. For what was the latest James Bond film called? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it's just like White Man Goes and Shoots Up Foreign Country. That's the name of the new one, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice one, Sam Smith. Great. So, anyway, chapter nine. The writing on the wall. <laughs> so it starts off exactly where the last chapter stopped. So they are in the corridor realising that for some reason the two halves of the school are coming down two ends of a corridor, which just sounds like a great way for people to bash into each other. Yeah. In your school, did you ever have corridor crushes? I can't remember if we talked about this in the last no, episode. No, we didn't. You didn't have corridor crashes? No. So we had, one of our main buildings, we had an upstairs and a down set of stairs um, to try to stop crashes, but occasionally at ends of lessons it wouldn't help. Like, and uh, there was one point where it all got, like, there was a quite terrible rush as we were all coming out, and I got knocked to the floor, and two people fell on top of me, <gasps> and, like, I was trying to, like, pull my arms in so no one would stand on me and I was like year eight so it was tiny and all these big kids everywhere yeah because that was in our really old-fashioned building where the corridors were really tiny yeah that's the saddest thing I've ever heard I know just got knocked but it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad but that's what I imagine if this school has two a corridor where two halves of the school are like meeting and also for some reason Malfoy's up there even though his common room is in the dungeons yeah it makes no sense and it sounds very much like bank station at rush hour yes 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 well victoria at the moment now they've rerouted all the escalators nightmare nightmare just you know reminding you that we're a british podcast yeah. in Did case you know, you'd forgotten had you forgotten after the the the, the, the norwich episode <laughs> the norfolk episode um anyway anyway so filch spots mrs norris and immediately blames harry he's like he did it it was him so all the teachers arrive and they all decide to head to lockhart's lockhart lockhart lockhart's (laughs) office because it's closer and then lockhart goes into this great monologue about how the cat has been killed but he knows exactly how and if he was there he could have stopped it yeah there's this great bit where dumbledore checks and like She's not dead. <laughs> yeah, I really love... Um, do you at all, like, when you're writing your notes, listen to the audiobook? Mostly not, because I have to pause it too much. So yeah, no. so I was listening to this on the audiobook, and Stephen Fry does, like, this real, like, DJ presenter voice when he's, like, reading Lockhart. And I was yeah. just like, ha, ha, it's Neil. <laughs> That's why Neil loves Lockhart so much. It is. Because it's him. So as Dumbledore says... That Mrs. Norris is in fact not dead. She's been petrified. And then Lockhart goes, Ah, oh, petrified. Yes, I thought so. I would have... And I just... I love the addition that they added in the film of all the teachers eye-rolling him in the background of every mm-hmm. scene that Harry doesn't notice, but there's just McGonagall like... Oh, yeah. I hate this man. So good. So... Um, so good. So good. <laughs> so Filch, Sorry, Potterless. <laughs> so Filch then admits he's a squib. And Snape then says that although we don't know whether Harry did it, um, Harry shouldn't pay Quidditch until he tells the truth. And McGonagall says, probably my favourite line so far in this book, where she says, well, the cat wasn't hit over his head with a broomstick, so I really don't see what stopping stopping the boy from playing Quidditch will do, Severus. A very valid point. I love McGonagall. Same. So much. much. Yeah. Um, So Ron says that Ron then later says that Harry shouldn't have mentioned the voices um, and he was right not to say in front of teachers because it's not good to hear voices. And this is where this book starts to really annoy me because Ron, persuading Harry not to say anything about the voices, basically, like, if he told the teachers, they wouldn't have thought he was weird, they would have been able to work it out. Like, and they would have kept it, like, yeah, they they wouldn't have told the whole school. They are teachers. It's their job to Mm -hmm. try to keep him safe. And it really annoys me 
the rom's like, yeah, no, definitely don't. It's, I understand why. They're children. We got this with the flying car. They're children. They make bad decisions. But it just annoys me so much. They're like, don't talk about the voices in your head, Harry. I'm like, tell a teacher. Yeah. Always tell a teacher. Always tell a teacher. Like, when you become an adult, you realise how many problems could have been solved if you just told a teacher. Yep, definitely. But I think it's interesting because there's, like, so many signs throughout the books that, like, Harry could be evil. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, hearing voices and speaking parcel mouth and, like, a lot of shit that goes on later on. And it's like, did Dumbledore ever, like, for a moment doubt? Because, like... That's what everyone else, that's a conclusion everyone else ca- kind of comes to at one point. Well, yeah, there's three different points in Harry's school career where the school turns on him and believes him to be evil or, yeah, you know, and, you know manipulative. You, yeah, when you don't have the knowledge about the whole, like, Lily giving up his life, blah, 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 like, the most logical thing to think is that he must be some super evil dark wizard and that's how he killed Voldemort. Yeah, definitely. You can see how the rhetoric makes the school turn on him, especially when we get later in the books. And J.K. Rowling starts introducing the genius thing about the press turning yep. everyone against Harry. And oh, when I get to that, it's so well written, especially considering the society today with like fake news and everything like that. Yep. But you can see just inside the school, like they don't know who's doing these attacks. These attacks seem so random, but there's this one kid who defeated Voldemort when he was a baby. Now he's speaking to snakes and like all this stuff. Yeah. There's... You yeah, and obviously, like, Dumbledore, you know, he does know the whole, like, Lily giving up her life, yeah. magical love protection thing. So, like, he does know that, but just because the reason that he defeat well, not defeated, but, you know, the reason that he fucked up Voldemort for yeah. a little bit was because of the love thing, still doesn't mean he's not evil. Yeah, definitely. He could have just been evil. I feel like Dumbledore always saw the best in Harry, but, yeah, there must have been, maybe there was a point where he sat there like... Could this Shit. kid be evil? Especially because he let him be raised in an abusive household. And we know that typically abuse creates cycles of abuse. Like, ab- yeah. pe- unfortunately, people who are abused often end up showing signs of abusive behaviour themselves. That's like a really unfortunate fact. So yeah. it's not out of the realms of possibility for Harry to have become evil. Because that's the whole parallel between him and Voldemort in the first place. And I know we slightly disagree on this and it's going to become a bigger thing in the podcast later. But... It's my belief that Harry and Voldemort are very similar people raised in extremely similar environments who made different choices about who they wanted to be. And, like, a lot of people who were raised in the environment Harry was raised in would have turned evil. So, and as well, because obviously the prophecy became a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. He defeated Voldemort because Voldemort marked him as his equal. equal. But, like, why was that prophecy made in the first place? You know, what would have happened if Voldemort hadn't marked him for his, as his equal? Would it still have happened? But, like, surely it would have because there has to be a reason that it was made. And, you know, maybe in the alternate timeline, Harry is an evil little shit. Or maybe he's a really good little shit. But, that's, you know, that's... if all this didn't happen, if Voldemort didn't mark him as his equal, would he still have defeated him? Because the prophecy had to happen for a reason that's a really good point that i've never thought about and i want us to put a pin in this and actually come back to it in book five or book six when the prophecy comes up a lot more because dumbledore constantly says the prophecy is uh pointless it that you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy you're only you're always going to fulfill it only because of who you are if you don't nothing bad's going to happen but why did the prophecy happen in the first place? yeah why did the prediction happen in the first place Let's put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Somebody tweet us. Chicken and egg. Uh, when we come to end of book five and the, the whole prophecy is explained, uh, 
did, can someone tweet us about this, please? Thanks, in case we forget. Please and thank you. Thank you. If we're still we're going, drunk, bye. And um, yep. we don't remember things. We don't. Moving on. Yep. Um, Ron explains what a squib is because, you know, Ron is the explainer of all things wizard related. Yep. Uh, that's his plot. Uh, that's his character trait in the first two books. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. He is the, like, word paperclip. <laughs> I heard you're trying to be a wizard. <laughs> Would you like to know what wizard means? <laughs> um, so, next couple of days, the school's the school is all really gossipy. They're like, oh my god, blah, 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 people, people. And Justin Finch Fletchley seems super scared of Harry. So clearly, the rumors have already started that Harry is evil. Um, Hermione has been trying to get Hogwarts history out of the library. All the copies are gone and she didn't bring her own because she couldn't fit it in her trunk. So that basically so that we can have for once Hermione doesn't explain things a teacher does. I don't know the reason why this was written in. Nerd. When you have too many books. Yep. Well, it's Lockhart's fault for saying like eight books. <laughs> I feel like she just had many anyway. And many others. Hermione wants to know about the Chamber of Secrets, so she decides to ask Professor Binns in History of Magic. Um, Professor Binns gives the whole, basically, Sparknotes version of Hogwarts history, um, says that Slytherin essentially didn't want to teach any Muggleborns. Which, okay, right. So I was making notes about this. I... It's okay. It's not that I understand personally him not wanting to teach Muggleborns, but I understand. Right, racist. Uh, not me, but I recognise that there are people in this world who do not want to teach certain people because of their heritage, whatever. Like, okay, he didn't want to teach Muggleborns. The other people wanted to teach Muggleborns, so the school worked fine, whatever. He then went from naught to a hundred of not wanting to teach Muggleborns to. I'm going to build a chamber with a monster in that will murder them all. Like, it wasn't like he went in like. Not only am I not going to teach Muggleborns, I'm going to kill anyone that sets foot in this school. He was just like, I don't want to teach them. And then it turned into, I'm going to murder them all. I'm going to murder all of them. I kind of get it. Why? <laughs> like, you know when someone tells you you can't do something? Yes. And then you kind of were like apathetic about it before oh and then you get super passionate about it yeah or like you were gonna do it anyway and someone tells you to do it and then you're like well never gonna do no, that like gonna do that it's kind of the same thing so maybe he was like no i don't think we should let them in and then they were like well we all disagree and then he was like right murder is the only possible option yeah to here. be fair this happened over a few years he just got angrier and angrier until he decided murder murder is what i'll do yeah. but also what's weird is he didn't start the murder like he did none of the murder None of the murder. He just left the monster there for someone else to do the murder. Yeah. You know, it's second-hand murder. Do your own murder if you want to do murder and go to jail yourself. Don't make other people do your murder for yeah. you. Um, so we find out all about what the Chamber of Secrets is, basically. Hidden chamber under the school, big snake in it. I really love that the first two books are like, how can I make things seem mysterious? Okay, it's a big school, and I'm going to put something under it with a thing in it. Like, with an animal in it. Like... The rest of the books take different creative turns, but the first two books are like, but what if there's like a basement under under this school and it's got like an animal in it that's yeah. weird? And then you kind of have it again later on with like the whole room of requirement thing. Obviously there's no animal, but it's like, what's, you know, some, <laughs> it's very much like secret passage away, like yeah. hidden place, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Reusing the same plot to rise. Oh, is this Lord of the Rings? No, definitely a different storyline. <laughs> also not Star Wars. <laughs> So, well, to be fair, like, most of Harry Potter isn't Lord of the Rings until you get to book seven, then you're like, okay, but this is Lord of the Rings, though. <laughs> but, like, good? 
wait, which one are you saying is good and bad? Harry Potter. I think you could have worked that out that I like Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, you might not like book seven. No, no, I love love book seven. Okay, good. I I love book seven. I really enjoy camping. Lots of monotonous depressed I love camping. the camping thing I don't I'm think so of the camping. I was being sarcastic but I do genuinely enjoy the cat okay I, I love the camping right bit. we'll save that for book seven we'll save that for, yeah we love the camping basically so so the trio decide to have in their own words a poke around because what we've got to remember is they are the Scooby-Doo gang they are I love how they're like let's just go and this is the only point in the books that I can think of where they literally decide and almost say the words let's go look for clues yeah Having a poke around is the same as going and looking for clues. Do you know what? Like, speaking as a 24-year-old who, in the past week, watched both live-action Scooby-Doo films. They're such clowns. They are. The first book, they do literally, like, unmask someone. They're yeah, like, let's pull the turban off. And it is... Oh, look, look who it is. I okay, I take... I away from it if it weren't for you... You pesky kids. And your owl. <laughs> yeah, so I take it back. Harry Potter is not Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. It's Scooby Doo, which, to be honest, if you're gonna plagiarize one of the three things, definitely copy Scooby Doo, not the other two. Absolute trash. Hot takes there. So they see a line of spiders, and Ron then admits that he's scared of spiders. 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 You see, I'm scared of spiders, but what? What are these spiders? It reminds me of um, what is it? Um, what film was it? Smite me, oh mighty smiter! Oh, uh, Bruce Almighty, Bruce Almighty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Hermione finds this hilarious because you know Ron's a boy who's scared of spiders and that kind of humor is funny. Um, so they decide to go. Ha ha ha! Gender oh. norms. So they decide to go into Moaning Myrtle's bathroom and they describe it as like gross and falling apart and everything's like chipped and disgusting and damp and i'm like right does myrtle actually has she actually got to the point where she won't let dumbledore redecorate the bathroom oh and he definitely would you know he would it wouldn't just be like some magical like redecoration thing it would be like full-on dumbledore's like right i'm gonna do this shit up it would be like queer eye for the wizard guy yeah wow new podcast idea queer eye for the wizard guy yes 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 so but what is Myrtle doing that not only is she haunting the toilet, like I get that she's haunting the toilet, whatever, the Hogwarts can't get rid of her, but will she not actually let them redecorate the toilet? No, I like to think she doesn't. I, I like to think she has her aesthetic. She knows what her aesthetic is. And yeah, she's going for it. She's going for it. Because I really love that early line where Hermione's like, it's horrible going for a wee in there with Myrtle. Like, girls need nice bathrooms. We just need certain things. And Myrtle isn't giving the aesthetic I desire when I need a nice bathroom. <gasps> I went into the bathrooms in the Knights Templar that Neil always talks about, the, the Weatherspoons. Yeah. Holy fuck, Charlie. Okay, we, we, we need to go to that spoons. Let's go tonight. Yeah. Great. Uh, okay, so question. <laughs> yeah. If you had the choice between going to the loo in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom cool. or... Going to the loo in the loos at the company we both used to work for, which would you pick? Moaning Mel's bathroom, gotta see something new. <laughs> oh god, I don't even want to talk about it. 
So Harry, Ron, Hermione then discuss. Well, no, don't discuss. They jump to the conclusion that it's Malfoy opening the chamber because they're like, hey, you know that one bully that we know? He's definitely opening the chamber. Are there more evil people a few years above him? No, no, there's not. There can't be any yep. more evil than Malfoy. Definitely only one racist in this mostly white school. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, all these racists, but it must be the one racist we know. Yeah, the one, just that one. Just that one racist. Yes. And Hermione comes up with a plan for Polyjuice Potion. Chapter end. Fuck, didn't read my notes. Charlie. <laughs> I'd say, I, I think we're getting worse at this podcast as it goes along. <laughs> we were trying a lot harder at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. No, so, I don't know about, like, Professor Binns, you know, when he explains it all. Because he, like, he, like, references the fact that he wasn't there, but, like, he would have been. You don't know how old he is. I, like... I know, but that's a good point. But it was only 50 years ago, and I'm pretty sure the way that they go on about him makes it sound like he's there a lot longer. But he wasn't... He would never discuss the recent opening of the chamber. He was only talking about the historical original building of the chamber. But he was like, but it's all a lie. But he would have been at the school when it was opened before. I think... Right. So here's what I gather from the text. Because they ended up accusing Hagrid... But that makes they no sense. Up, they ended up never thinking it was the Chamber of Secrets. They ended up thinking that was a rumour. Because Tom Riddle never said, it's the Chamber. He was just, he wasn't doing it in your face. He was just killing off Muggleborns. And then rumours started about the Chamber. Then they arrested Hagrid. And Hagrid had a spider. So they just thought, oh, it's Hagrid letting his pet loose. I don't think they ever thought Hagrid opened the Chamber Maybe. of Secrets. Maybe. I guess because in when it's in this book, there's a lot of like, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. You would think that it would have been the same last time. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Maybe like I they need to concentrate on that, whether they thought Hagrid opened the Chamber. I mean, they clearly don't think Hagrid opened the Chamber because they didn't send him to Azkaban. Yeah, I think because it was obvious that it wasn't yeah. him. They just needed a scapegoat. Yeah. The attacks had stopped. They needed to show they kicked someone out of school. Yep. That's what they did. It was clearly scapegoating because if, if they truly believed he did it, they wouldn't have let Dumbledore keep him on at the school. No. Because he was still working around the same children. Why would they let him stay? Yeah. So they were just like, oh, we know it's a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. That was, that was my note. Okay. That we missed. Okay. Chapter 10, the rogue bludger. So, um, they, to make the polyjuice potion, polyjuice polyjuice potion they need a book from the restricted section so they ask professor lockhart for the uh note um and he signs it without really looking in his big loopy signature and hermione wants to keep it because hermione's in love with him um they then go into moaning myrtle's bathroom to read i've written the recipe for the potion i'm not sure what do you call it no that would be a recipe would it yeah. Like, no, but they call it instructions, don't they? They don't. Okay. Well, but like, it is but a, recipe. a recipe has instructions. That's true. You it's don't just recipe. list the ingredients and be like, "Good luck, fucker." <laughs> Make it. Yes. <laughs> um, so Hermione's super. Oh wow! I can't spell anything. I've tried to write passionate, and I spells it like passion, passionate. I don't know how it spells it. Hermione's really passionate about doing this, um, because, and I think this is one of the first times where it's a lot more personal to her than it is to Harry. So in the last book, obviously, like what was happening with the stone and everything was affected everyone, much like this does, but Harry felt it personally because it risked Voldemort coming back. This actually, until the end, when we realise what's been happening, has nothing to do with Voldemort coming back. Mm. But it affects 
Hermione a lot more personally than it does the boys because it's direct attack on her and her way of life and the way she's grown up and an environment which until this term she believed to be a safe environment for her so I think that's why you know Ron makes a joke like oh you're finally breaking rules blah 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 and I think it's because obviously like we see later on in the books Hermione becomes so passionate she'll break rules about house elves and things like that but in this book she's still learning about her passions and what she wants to fight for and she feels this thing personally so that's why she's fighting so hard yeah Cool. Thought that was gonna be a conversation, but no, yeah, like I, it's not a conversation <laughs> you don't have to because make a conversation. like I, I totally agree. Okay. Like it's sometimes you agree with me in the podcast, though, and then the next day you're like, I didn't agree with you. <laughs> no, no, it's sometimes okay. So this is the thing that we really want to stress. Me and Hannah are drunk when we record this. <laughs> we thought that this would be obvious from okay. you know the goblet of wine and the fact we always talk about the alcohol but we are like always like we have a few drinks before we will be tipsy and then depending on the episode sometimes we are drunk yeah because i like i'm not talking about particular podcasts here but there are some which say they're drinking podcasts but because they record each individual episode individually and they're just drinking for that one episode um like they're not like drunk drunk and we're not like smash like bouncing well, off the walls sometimes sometimes but because we batch record and we always make sure we have a drink beforehand sometimes if we're batch recording three by episode three we're six or seven drinks in yeah so basically sometimes because hannah edits and then i proof listen sometimes i will proof listen and i'm like i just agreed with hannah on this thing that i have a drastically different opinion to <laughs> she's just like yeah and I'm like yeah 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 really enthusiastically and then I'm like no I don't agree with that but because I'm like pissed I'm just like oh yeah definitely yeah totally or like we'll just say something and like we'll just forget something or just like make something say something that We've doesn't make a few stupid things which oh thank yeah you to the people on Twitter like I, like a genuine thank you to the people who point out on Twitter like you said this wrong I'm like yeah no we did and thank yeah you because yeah that's fine. We're a few drinks down. I'm not thinking through things I'm saying. So thank you for pointing those kind of things out. Yeah. We don't, we're not angry at people for doing that. No, definitely. But like, yeah, just bear in mind, we are drunk. Uh, <laughs> like this isn't just like, oh yeah, okay. We've had like half a drink. No, halfway no, no, through no, no, this no, 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 no. We are now two thirds of the way down a pure, um, yeah. a liqueur. Yeah. Like a liqueur. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that, that's just a note. But that that's, you know, this isn't one of those times when I'm just agreeing with you because I'm a bit pissed, or at least I hope not. Maybe me in a few weeks proof listening to this would be like, Charlie, no. Charlie, no. But <laughs> no, like, no, I definitely agree. Like, it's a, it's a personal thing for Hermione. It is, you know, Harry, well, it's Hermione Granger. This time it's personal. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, this it is. And, and it up. is a this book is like a huge moment for Hermione. Her it her. is her, like, this is a really amazing point that I've always loved that comes from Witch Please about how Hermione has this like over-reliance on books and how she believes the written word. Yeah. And this book is the first time when she actually learns that no, just because something is written doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. Much like with Wikipedia and every primary school teacher ever at high Use school. primary sources use primary sources yeah wikipedia is not a source and this is this is the book when hermione learns that books are not it it used to annoy me so much when teachers used to say that because i was like but all the information is available on wikipedia i don't understand why you're saying that but now i understand that not only were my teachers saying that to me so was jk rowling so were the harry potter books yeah but sometimes it's not until you're in your 20s and you know fake news epidemics and things like that when you realize like fuck 
it's that's true why people say these things to me yeah exactly you know so this book you know represents Hermione her like first example of like just because something's written down doesn't mean it's true or trustworthy and as well as like Hermione actually realizing that sometimes you do have to break the rules and that rules aren't always actually the good thing yeah. rules and morality are definitely not the same thing and it is like a turning point for Hermione and I definitely believe that this is when you know it has to become personal for her um yeah yeah <laughs> Hermione yeah Hermione definitely would have been one of those feminists much like me and I'm sure you can agree where we were like oh no like we don't need feminism we've never been oppressed and, yeah, then, and then a year later she's like um, I revoke everything I ever yeah. said. <laughs> like one, you realise that actually you have been repressed. And two, you realise that... part of the repression is you saying that in yeah. the first place. Internalised... The realise the internalised misogyny. misogyny. Dear God, your, mo- your mind blows open. Exactly. So not only realising that you have and are oppressed but realizing that being a feminist is much more about like me and hannah being like white middle class feminists like it's about you know other demographics other countries and i'm still like i'm i'd love to say i've always been an intersectional feminist but i haven't and i'm still i have never even always been a feminist at one point i was like a like strict like oh my god feminism is so dumb like i'm talking when i was like 12 to be fair and you know being a 12 year old 12 years ago was very different than being a 12 year old now. now but i'm still learning how to be an intersectional feminist and learning to every day not only i thought being a feminist was about using my voice but it's it's about using my voice and using my ears to listen to the opinions yeah and, and that is something at 24 i'm still learning but what i've realized is it's good to always be learning if you're not learning you're not growing yeah things are always evolving yep and using your voice and also using your voice and your position of power to give a voice to those exactly. that don't have that voice yeah. anyway how i'm connecting this is that this is <laughs> we've gone very off piece let's bring it back <laughs> yeah but this is hermione's moment things have to get personal to hermione she has to be yeah. the oppressed person for her to realize that actually no there is a reason that you break rules and that you don't accept the status quo and why positions of authority aren't always the yeah. pe- you know aren't always the people that should be in authority and that's why it very much annoys me when people criticize hermione's love uh not love, crush on Gilderoy Lockhart. They say it's not in her character. I'm like, yeah, of course it's not in her character for book seven, Hermione, who you've grown and loved. But women and people change, we grow, we learn. And Hermione had to have that crush on Lockhart to start to doubt the written word. And it's part of her journey. Yeah. Don't all, we're not, as Charlie was just saying, at 12 years old, she was like, I don't need feminism. At 12 years old, I... I didn't have an opinion on anything. I wanted to blend in. I wanted to just be the popular girl. I didn't want to be bullied anymore. I just wanted to blend into every wall that existed. You have to... Sometimes you have to go through these things to become the person you are and to continue to grow. So I really... It's just basic character development. It is. So I really... I, like, I'm not going <laughs> to argue with people, but I really disagree when people say that Hermione having a crush on Lockhart was not in her character. And I've heard people say it diminishes her character. No. it To me, it I understand why she becomes the person she does. Only yeah, the series. definitely. And, you know, to be honest, I'm sure Gilderoy Lockhart... Wow! Oh, yeah. Again, guys. Drunk. <laughs> not sober. 
Yeah, like I, I'm sure he is an absolute sort. And I'm sorry, even now there will be like someone that is absolute trash and they're gorgeous. And I'm just like, oh, I really don't care that you're absolute trash. Yeah, sometimes like, you have to shut your brain down. Like, I still hate my first reaction when, I don't know if I'll keep this in. Well, no, I will. Why would I? When Eddie Westwick first, Ed Westwick first got accused in the Me Too scandal, it was the first one where I was like, oh, but are they lying? And then I was like, no, no. Yeah. Just because you fancy him, just because you've always fancied him from Gossip Girl, your brain just switched to are the girls lying? Okay, but like, this is a thing. So I read a thing online once, like all of my intelligent, coherent thoughts, where... <laughs> It isn't your first thought that reflects your character. It's your second. Like human nature, we have knee jerk reactions. And, you know, sometimes like I do, I have really anti-feminist like knee jerk reactions and thirst for thoughts. That's the society you were brought up in. Yeah. And like, you know, humans are selfish and that's the thing. But it's actually your second thought to actually be like, actually, no, you know, this doesn't suck because I fancy Eddie Westwick you know that there's a bigger picture and she's not lying because it's Eddie Westwick or whatever it's actually your second thought that reflects your character to be like no that's wrong that's not how it is that reflects your character but yeah this is definitely a tangent but, but that was a I love very it. good tangent that was the kind of but tangent yeah, I love <laughs> exactly but you know we're just saying this book is so incredibly fucking formative for Hermione oh, um, as it should be like yeah like I think book two and book three really are like incredibly formative oh book for three her- is like a whole oh, oh I can't wait I can't wait yeah but um <laughs> yeah so to summarise Hermione went through I, I some said, changes yeah I said at the beginning of this when we started this book, Hermione gets shat on by J.K. Rowling. And she does in some regards, but in other regards, she fantastically built up. And maybe she needed to be shat on to become the person she was, to become by far the strongest out of the trio. Yeah. Sorry, Harry and Ron. <laughs> yeah, but definitely, we, you know, to summarise, we have this character, like Hermione is, I mean, you know, it's open to debate her race, but as cast in the films, we can assume that Hermione is like a white definitely middle class character and this time is the first time in her life where she experiences being the victim of prejudice and she needs to experience being the victim of prejudice to actually start to doubt you know the status quo people in positions of authority and the written word to summarize our long tangent great thanks let's move on thank you all for coming to our TED talk it's Gryffindor versus Slytherin Quidditch so that means it's time for wood 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 Wood, wood, Oliver Wood. That wasn't rehearsed, guys. <laughs> Just really love Oliver Wood. So yeah. Wood, tell, Wood tells Harry he's got to win. He's like, you have to win. You've yeah. got to. You're my only chance. I know. My one note on this is Wood is extra AF. Extra AF. So extra. It's not as extra as he gets in book three where he basically becomes a fanatic and I still don't care. <laughs> yeah, he's still fine as hell and... The other day, finding out that Sean Biggerstaff is 36. What the fuck? So, immediately, a bludger starts following Harry around. Um, like, and that's just happening. Slytherin begin to lead by about 50 points because apparently the rest of the team has just turned shit. Like, all we've learned about the Gryffindor team is they're great and they're amazing and they can beat anyone, but they let in about five goals and I really wonder what's happened to Wood at this point. 
Who knows? It doesn't matter. We've got to have Slytherin win by lead by 50 points for the drama. Um, so they call time out because this bludger is still following Harry and shit's happening. And apparently, direct quote from the book here, this is where I'm going to, this is where I follow Potlus and start getting really angry about Quidditch. If they ask for an inquiry, they have to forfeit the match. That's not how sport works. Right, so let's just imagine a football game and you realise that the football is filled with knives and they're stabbing the players as they kick it. If they say <laughs> to the ref... do that? <laughs> if they say to the ref, excuse me, I think there's something wrong with this football, it's stabbing me every time I kick it, they're like, oh, well, you brought it up, so you forfeit the match. No! That's not how sport works! No! Right. And also, Having never played a sport, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the thing. I don't compete in team sports, so I um, don't. Know. Nor do I watch them. No, um, I watch the rugby. Yeah, I dragged you to. I dragged you. Oh to the yeah, so event. yeah, so the reason actually that I have no voice right now is because me and ha Hannah are codependent alcoholics, and we spent the entire like a, like a good like. Not even twenty four, like like a thirty six hour period together oh, yeah. last she weekend. Slept here. Like, that's in, a lot. Yeah, in but I was ill. I had lost my yeah. voice. And yeah, we then like watched rugby together for like six of those hours when yeah. Hannah was ill, and now I'm ill. Yeah, I do actually like the rugby. Yeah. Like, what if so, the rugby ball was filled with knives? Or magnetic, so it just stuck to their shoes. Yeah. If you said to the ref, "Excuse me, I think there's something wrong with this ball," they'd be like, "Okay, let's have a look into that." Yeah, you're right. Let's give you a different ball. They wouldn't go, "Well, you brought it up, so we're going to forfeit the match." It's not a fucking sport works. And also, right, this is what really annoys me. Wow, I just hit the mic. I'm so angry. Professor McGonagall is sitting in those stands. We know she comes to every Gryffindor Quidditch game. We just know this. So is she not like, huh, that boy's being chased. That boy is being chased by a cannonball. Remember, these are literally cannonballs. That boy's being chased by a cannonball. Maybe I could just stop the match. Not so my team could win. Just so we can check that there's nothing wrong with the balls. And then just swap in another ball. Why is this an issue? <laughs> I hate this school. Yeah. There's also I I I have put no context on my notes and I made this <laughs> these notes like four weeks ago. But at some point during this Quidditch match, I think it's when they're like on brooms, Draco's like he like insults Harry and calls him Scarhead. <laughs> it's just oh, the right, shittest okay. fucking Alright then. with a very posh private school mm. in the area and when they'd go out in they called it slumming it our town like our bar yeah bear in mind i was middle class and everyone who grew up with is middle class they grew up in a middle class town so they weren't slumming it they yeah. were just like going slightly down the ranks of upper middle class they then did the, they went to the bath and they were like all right, mate. I'll have a uh, like a uh, like a like a beer. <laughs> a beer. One I beer, know, please. A beer. Like, One crack, please. I imagine Draco being like, "All right, there, Scott. I think he sounds all hard." Like you know, 
Yeah. Oh no, because that was my school. So my school was very, very like middle class, yeah, yeah. like maybe even at some points upper middle class school. And then we had like the chavs who like in hindsight weren't chavs. <laughs> were not chavs. Like there was maybe like one or two genuinely like working class people in my school, like 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 you per year to be taken out of yeah so then there was just kind of like a few like middle class kids that were like oh yeah we're well hard we're well hard but like they were like so fucking posh we had a guy that got nicknamed chimo because everyone was like he's like a cross between a chav and an emo oh wow i feel like that's my vibe now <laughs> but like, it got to the point where none of us knew his real name oh brilliant i love that yeah like i definitely now my vibe is like emo mixed with like chav not middle class oh. anyway me and charlie are posh twats don't know why to us we are but like <laughs> all right let's go oh it's so bad like, he definitely thinks he's like well hard well and he's hard. like definitely not, not hard not hard yeah it's just yeah it's the shittiest fucking insult it is it is um so i basically in my notes lose my shit about this bludger thing i'm like this isn't how sport works surely there are teachers there like mcgonagall would intervene Child safety should always be the main issue at this school. Like, there are people watching who, yeah, of course you don't want to forfeit the match. Of course you don't want to interrupt what's happening with the children. But if you can literally see a cannonball chasing one certain child, just intervene and give them a different ball. You don't have to give points to anyone. This doesn't have to stop. Just swap the balls over. I kind of love how bad Quidditch is, though. Because it makes... <coughs> I'm sorry. Because it makes me think that it's just like... like Because I don't sport. Um, I don't sport. I don't do the sport. I don't watch the sport. I don't partake in any kind of way with the sport. Yeah. So it just makes me feel like this is if I were to write a sport. <laughs> Which is probably J.K. Rowling. Yeah, honestly. and I kind I of think she's a sports. Yeah, gal. I feel like J.K. Rowling just led, like, lent into the whole like <laughs> I don't sport, and that's just me. Like, if I ever write a book, like, I just will write the sport as badly as possible because, like, who ball people run things but rules. The thing is, I will give her so much credit for inventing Quidditch because. Who can you think of that not only invented a world, invented a sport that is now, by the way, Quidditch is a word in like it, it's known as a british word yeah it's counted in our dictionary as a british word including uh, as well as muggle and something else but they've yeah. now been included in the oxford english dictionary yeah as english words like that's fantastic she invented this but she just didn't think of all the little things that just no but i feel like she didn't care but like no, she didn't care. like jk rowling is like incredible at world building but there definitely is a point when she should have stopped with that world building and it lies somewhere in between Quidditch and the students vanishing their poop. <laughs> I don't want to talk about vanishing the poop. You just got to draw a line, JK. Joe, stop. Anyway, so my notes finish with, in capital letters, help the children. Um, so then, the bludger keeps chasing Harry because, you know, children don't matter in this school, as we already know, because they're petrifying people left, right and centre. And then he spots the snitch right by Malfoy's ear, which is where he's like, all right, Scarlet, training for the ballet, Potter, etc. Yeah. Um, the bludger breaks Harry's arm. This is made quite explicit. It literally breaks his arm 
And then he's still holding onto the broom and goes, gotta catch the snitch. I've just, I've just, Wood told me I've gotta catch the snitch. So with a broken arm, he zooms forward, catches the snitch, carries a lot more into a sport than I will ever understand, and then falls off his broom and faints. Like, well done, Harry. Like, you can see, because I kind of sometimes get annoyed when people are like, Harry's the best seeker of the, the century. I'm like, he can't be that great. But it's moments like this where he's got a broken arm and he's still zooming off to get the snitch. Like, I feel like I will do this. he just doesn't have a lot else to care about. <laughs> like, what the fuck else is he going to get passionate about? Like, the only good things in his life are like Ron and Hermione. And one, Hermione, Quidditch. Hagrid, they're my list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. This seems like a rational thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Rather than, excuse me, I've broken my arm. Can I have some help? Can we pause the game? Yeah. Like, Must catch snitch. Or like, to be fair, it's a bit like, you know, when you like start a new job, which is like what me and Hannah are both going through right now. Yeah, and you're just like... Two weeks of both of our jobs. Yeah. And like, you just... You're like, no, I can't be ill. Like, I can't no. let my manager down, we blah, blah, blah. We ill during our first two weeks and we both were texting each other like, but I can't be ill. But I can't. <laughs> so maybe Harry's doing that where he's like, right, I have a broken arm, but like, I can't. I, I just, I just, I just can't. Like, maybe he's just like being socially awkward yeah. into his way into like, nope, gotta just continue. Carry on. So the bludger breaks his arm. He catches the snitch, falls and faints. Lockhart, that when he wakes up, everyone's around him, Lockhart runs up, tries to fix his arm, and removes all the bones in it. Because Lockhart's great. Um, he goes to the hospital when... Yeah. Um, Imagine if it just wasn't possible to put them back. And he like, just... Hi, have this sponge on. But like, no, but yeah, when he like removes them and it's just like... Bleh. Like, imagine no. if that's just how Harry was now. He goes to the hospital wing. Um, he has to spend the night there. He wakes up in the night, night to find... Dobby sponging his forehead. Aww. Um, Dobby mentions that he gets flogged for burning dinner. So, so that's um, a thing. Slavery. Um, don't yep. flog people for... But burning dinner is not that bad in the grand scheme of things to happen in life. Did I tell you I once almost burnt my house down because I burnt a sausage roll? <laughs> I told you about this, the time I set fire to my house, right? <gasps> We have similar stories. If anyone would like to hear some Patreon content about burning our houses down, we're going to add that on Patreon. We're going to record it immediately after this episode. Thanks, bye. Also, for context, like, the fire engine came. I'm not being oh, overdramatic. Oh, that bad. Oh, yours was a lot worse. Okay, great. No. Because okay. there I'll was this... Yeah, but there was this one amazing time, right, when I was, like, in my office and then it was on <laughs> fire. <laughs> no, genuinely, it was on oh, fire. Okay. And I sent a video of us evacuating to the like sirens and stuff to the group chat that Hannah was in and everyone was like ha 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 banter and then later on I sent them a picture of like five fire engines outside the office and then Hannah was like oh wait it's actually on fire I thought you were being over dramatic and I was like what and she's like well you do exaggerate sometimes <laughs> I will never let that go I'm not that bad I'm Sorry, you do over Dobby admits that he stopped the barrier and did the bludger um, because Dobby's idea of getting Harry to safety is to half kill him, um, which I just, like, sometimes I think, like, the part of my brain that wants to criticise everything is like, it's so stupid, like, that's not a way to get him out of Hogwarts, there's a hundred better ways, but 
It's kids' book. It's a kids' book, and also we are meant to believe. I think this is what is trying to be said in the text that although Hellsoils have amazing magic and everything and are intelligent creatures, probably because of their standard of learning and education, they have a lower perception of rational thought than humans. Like Dobby doesn't think through things the same way that a, a person trying to stop someone gets onto, or they're like stuck in a childish way of thinking and that's not to say that households are stupid it's to say that they don't have the access to education that everyone else does i do agree but at the same time also like this is a child's book and i don't think that much thought was put into it i think think it's just like really silly like exaggerations i think it's later i think with creature yeah with creature it is sorry he supports who's nice to him Partly because of the way he's been mistreated throughout his life and partly because he wasn't given an education to see a wider rational picture. Okay. You can disagree. I just think it's a child's book. No, I do. I think we'll go into households a lot more later on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But oh, I yes. Think at this point, I'm like, Dobby, stop trying to, like, you could have murdered Harry at this point is what I'm saying with that bludger could have killed him. Yeah. Oh, Dobby mentions how Harry is a symbol and a beacon of hope for, and I quote, the dregs of the magical world because after Voldemort went, how much better their life got. So house elves and other creatures literally see Harry as, and I'm going to use this word I probably shouldn't, but as like the messiah, basically. He's not the messiah, he's a very naughty boy! they do that's gonna be one of those moments we've blown out the mick but for all of the moments to blow out for it's got to be a monty python Python, reference go watch monty python i'm not even going to explain anyway they basically see harry as the messiah which i find interesting like because of course if voldemort got defeated your life got better you attribute your life getting better to the thing that defeated voldemort it's cause and causation yeah um so harry then finds out that the chamber of secrets has been opened before this is where he finds out and then colin creevy arrives petrified yep and i have a note that colin is pure af because wasn't he trying to sneak up to the to do something to he had had like grapes with him to give harry that's so cute and harry continuously takes the mick out of colin i'm like stop (laughs) yeah character head cannon colin i'm sorry definitely not straight like you don't get that obsessed with someone you do as a child he's only 11 no like okay think of all your like celebrity crushes when you were like 11 like people that you were really that like fangirled over were they all attractive men to be fair, like, why shouldn't he be gay? Like, no students... Or bi. Bi people exist. I know they do. I, I just, can see you, John. I know. It's just like when people do that, they're like, oh, well, they're attracted to the same gender. Gay. Like, no. Like, I'm sorry. Like, mm, I'm sorry. bi okay. people exist. He can be LGBTQ. Yeah, exactly. And it fits with his character. It does. Like, I hedge can- canon that he is gay. Because... never got the chance to express it. No. Yeah. He died. Was it? There were so felt... many I got a bit confused in my sadness. <laughs> I kind of felt like he had it coming. Wow. 
because he's bi. <laughs> yes. All <laughs> bi characters. Deserve death. Yeah, no, but like, you know, when you watch TV, if they're a lesbian or if they're bi, wow. Dead. 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 So at this point, Dumbledore confirms that the Chamber of Secrets has been opened again. Close the fucking school! Children are in danger. Now, 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 now. You don't have to send them all home. But clearly there's a problem in the school, in this building. There's something killing the children. So could you not find, I don't know, a temporary space, a warehouse, an abandoned warehouse, another abandoned castle in Scotland. There's loads of them, it's fine. Go in there, you might be a bit cramped, just for a few months. Yeah. To work out what the fuck is going on in Hogwarts. Because yeah, Colin's been petrified and the cat's been petrified. By some happenstance, circumstantial shit, mm-hmm. some other pupils are petrified, not killed, but all of them are in seconds of literal death. And I do not care how like benevolent Dumbledore's meant to be yeah. and all of this. And I like I know you don't want to send the pupils home. You don't have to. Find another space. Yeah, and like it's not like there's even like an inquiry. They're just kind of like, this is happening and, you know, we're taking safety precautions. No one's looking into it. Get the fucking... Like, when the governors, like, disband Dumbledore... This is the point where the governor should have got the ministry involved. Do you not have magical creature enforcement people? Get some people who are experts in this. Like, and the fucking auras. Newt Scamander. Yeah. That bro. That, That dude. Get them out, get the children, the vulnerable little children who did nothing wrong, out of that building, teach them somewhere else, sort the problem in the building. Yeah. It really annoys me. I know. It's like every time there was a bomb scare at my high school, they weren't like, well, let's just keep them here. How many bomb scares did you have? A lot. I had none. Haven't I? I'm pretty sure I've said about this. No. Weirdly, I had a bomb scare during the fourth Harry Potter film. Oh. In the cinema. It was on the day of its release, there was a bomb scare. Oh. Had to be evacuated for 20 minutes during the dragon sequence. I was really annoyed. Oh. Luckily, they reround it a bit so we can all catch you, up. You would have thought they would have. Yeah. But, um, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, no, so my um, school was near Martlesham, which was um, a famous airbase, well, not a famous, like, a, like really big airbase during the Second World War. Yeah. And so it was like, Martlesham and then also near Felixstowe which is like the biggest port in the UK yeah. so both places were very big bomb targets so um, in the second world war bombs. yeah and so Shit. yeah so my high school um, was like very big and kept expanding people kept buying the fields around it and every time it did they kept finding unexploded bombs so we just always kept getting evacuated and Whoa. having school cancelled because of bomb scares that's kind of like I thought you were talking about like recent bomb scares that's kind of amazing like the history of yeah that's fascinating yeah fascinating yeah Yeah, and like i've been in a bomb shelter where i went to um play group yeah there was a bomb shelter my play group used to be like um an air control place right so right outside it there was a bomb shelter so i've been in a bomb shelter wow yeah that's fascinating i love that again with the in case you forgot we're british bomb shelters so that's actually the end of the chapter. So to finish this episode... I have a note. Thank you very much. So there's a note, something about... So I think Dumbledore... I'm trying to remember, because again, I made the, these notes like four months ago, and I'm currently a bit shit-faced. Um, so there's a note about 
Dumbledore getting hot chocolate. Like, I think he was on his way to get hot chocolate when this happened or something with Colin. And I was just like, Dumbledore also has hot chocolate work breaks. Also, does he not have the means to create hot chocolate in his own room? Maybe, but like, I don't he know. He wanted the walk. When he Maybe he fought the walk yeah. and to see the house elves. But yeah, because right. me and, um, yeah. My we... name's Hannah. <laughs> We create a podcast together, Charlie. Who are you? We also used to work together and we yeah. text each other about 100 hours a day. Skype. Yeah, uh, no, so me, when me and Hannah used to work together, we used to have hot chocolate breaks all the time oh, and I miss it so I much. I miss it, I do. They were so nice. Although uh, you bought that hot chocolate with the marshmallows in and they And it was like, rank. Disgusting. Yes. Gross. Yes, I definitely need a piss. Like, I've been waiting for my deafness and I can't hold anyone growing up that is the end of the two chapters but nina also qualified as our patron hold on oh question qualified for a question which we actually might need to pause to think about because it's quite a good one so uh, again another um tier on reward tier on patreon is you get to ask us a question in the nearest episode we record so nina wants to know which new spell would you invent and why and what would you call it Oh, that's a great one. Hannah, what's your spell? Why are you making me go first? I don't know. Okay, so I, I, I feel like if I had more time, I think a really good one. But I love any spells in the wizarding world that add convenience. Because I'm, like, that's why I love charms so much. Because it just adds convenience to your thing. Like, apparition is great. Apparition is the most genius thing in the world. Because you can get from one place to the other. You save so much time. So, a spell where... Like, basically, like, when you do a Tesco order and it just comes straight to your door, like that. You look in your fridge, and you're like, I need that, 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 and that. And you just say a spell, Mm -hmm. and it just, like, basically redoes your last food shop. So I know you can't get food out of nothing. I'm not getting food out of nothing. Yeah. It just automatically does it all for you. Robbery, basically. I'll pay for it. Um, It's going to be called... um, Accio. No. No. Um, <laughs> I can't think of what it's going to be called. I'm sorry. I'm failing at this. Foodio Replenio. Y- yeah. Yeah. Foodius Replenius. It's bad. I'm sorry. Charlie's apparently come up with a lot better one. I didn't say better. At no point did I say better. I you just said I had one. You a lot more easily than I did. I want more time to think about this question. Because I was thinking about like the biggest inconvenience in okay. my life. What's the biggest inconvenience? When, like, you see someone really hot right. and you're like, but what's your sexuality, though? Uh, so my spell would be sexuality revealio. Yeah. And you can cast it or, like, do the thing where you don't say the spell, obviously, or you could just whisper yeah, it. Yeah. And it just will show what someone's sexuality nice. is. So when you see a really hot girl and you're like, but, like, is she straight? Right. Then you can find out. And, like, particularly, like, the thing is, like, typically on a night out, you know how, like, how amazing drunk girls are. Yes. And when a girl's being really friendly and you're like, are you just drunk? Or are you flirting? Or are you, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So sexuality revealio. Nice. I like that. That's a really good one. I know. My food one. My food one's convenient. But we both went to like convenience. We both went to what's important to us. Food. Sex. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Nina, for that question. I, I like that a lot. I really hope my mum doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> great that's all good 
Awesome. So thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed listening to chapter nine and 10 of yeah. Chamber of Secrets. And we'll, we will see you guys in two weeks. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our amazing Patreon producers, Sandra and Nina, for their help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us, as well as gaining access to behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes, check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.